0: Okay, so we're joined here today by Carrie Roberts. Carrie, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Thank you, Dave. I'm so excited to be here. So I like to say that I am a brander, I'm a marketer, and I'm a community builder. Um, So I work for myself. I own a company called Branding Connection, and one of my main clients is Voice Summit. So I help them with their podcasting strategy as well as lead their marketing for their big event that will be in October.
0: That's awesome, so uh, you know i I've gotten to know Carrie. Um, she actually brought me on the inside voice podcast that's uh, sort of like where our uh, relationship started and um, I just think that it's so cool because outside of this podcast that she does, um, she has her own podcast, and then I know that she's the host of another podcast so podcasting is sort of in her lifeblood. And I think that uh, I've learned a lot personally from her, just the way that she goes about it and post-production and the way that she disseminates her podcast. She does it in a really like thoughtful and a meaningful way. And I think that it's incredibly um it's a, it's a really good way, I think, to, to build a network and um, help to connect that network. I know that's kind of been a big theme for you. And so I'm curious, like, um, you know, I, I wanted to bring you on to talk about your experience on the Insight Voice podcast and go through some of the different episodes that you've done and the different guests that you've had. But like, as you've sort of gotten immersed into this world, like so many of us kind of have, um, and you've done it, you know, as like being this conduit of, uh, you know, understanding like who people are in different facets you've actually probably gotten a really wide education you know into the whole voice landscape so I'm curious like from this first year or so that you've really started to get involved into this space what have been some of your like macro takeaways um, you know in, in things that you've learned since doing this
1: yeah, well, again, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. Um, I've been personally podcasting for a little over five years, and I took over the inside voice podcast and leading their strategy and hosting and kind of running it as their form of content marketing. And one of the things that um, Pete Erickson, the owner of Voice Summit, that he and I share is this love for connection and community. and to really showcase, the diverse community that we have in voice technology. And when I say diverse, that means not only male, female, um, or whatever gender you identify as, LGBTQ, um, different races, different backgrounds, but also different elements within voice. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just developers or CEOs, it's linguists, it's audio engineers, it's voice artists, um, it's startups, it's conversational designers. And so my job is to really make sure that we're hitting that gamut as best as possible. Um, And I think we're doing that. I think we're doing that not only in the podcast, but the events that we host. Um, And so for me, I personally love hearing what people are passionate about, what makes them great. And for every episode, I really try to highlight them as a person first and foremost, um, and then the work that they do within voice. And so I think, you know, one of the things that I've noticed kind of overdoing that podcast for the last year or so um, is that, you know, first of all, there's so many people involved in voice and that it's important for us to learn the different things that they're doing. Um, And so within that also comes the importance of inclusivity within voice. You know, talking to people and saying, you know, okay, Alexa and Google tend to be a female voice. Well, not everybody wants to hear that or identifies with that or feels comfortable with that. Um, You know, when you're creating conversations, are you including people In how they speak within their culture within their language, you know translation is not always direct word-for-word It's also the vernacular and how do we interact with people? Um, Are you including people who have disabilities who have speech impediments? You know that I think really thinking about voice in a broader term um, and really the big question is how do we include the whole world and make them feel like they matter and that they can interact with voice um, on a global scale. And that's that's not an easy answer, but it's great to see that people are doing their due diligence to work on that. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway from the voice standpoint. Um, when we're looking at uh, the other side, from the consumer standpoint, uh, the challenge there is security. And this is something I think people have heard about for a long time. Um, Of course, people talk about, well, uh, you know, your mobile phones already have enough information on you. Why are you worrying about voice? Um, But, you know, there is concern when you're asking people to use their voice for passwords. Um, You know, how easy is it for somebody to hack into something to take your important information, your data, your privacy? And there is a very high level of concern from a consumer standpoint of how are the big companies doing this? How are Amazon and Google and Samsung um, keeping the data protected, but also every single person that's doing voice. If you are a startup or you own an agency or you're doing it on your own, you know, how are you proving to your clients and the consumers that you're keeping their data and their information safe and it won't get hacked into?
0: Yeah, you touched on a lot of different things there. I think first and foremost, it's super, it's really cool that because um, that, that is something that I've noticed about your podcast is it's really really diverse and it's just like you said, it's not necessarily like just the people, but it's also their backgrounds and their interests. Because I think that one of the biggest like takeaways that I had when I went to these different shows, like I went to the uh, Alexa Conference, which is now Project Voice, and then I went to voice summit um, was just the wide variety of different people, like kind of coming into this space for different things. Just like you said, like people with a linguist background, developers, designers. So I think it's so cool that it is like this melting pot. And I think that the most insightful um, sort of, I think findings that people have come across have been when you have like this crossover, like you have people that are applying everything that they know in the linguistics world. And then you have the conversational designers that are coming in. And when they're all starting to like fuse their knowledge together, I think that's where some of the most interesting thing has come about. And, you know, going off of the point that you made around security um, and privacy, I think it's really important that this is something that is um, really centric to the whole conversation right now. I think it's top of mind that a lot of people are realizing that like, I think a lot of the people that are attending these kind of conferences are, um, they share those same sentiments. You know, they they are concerned about um, where is this data going? What is this data going to be used for? Are we comfortable with sharing the level of this data? Like I still go back to uh, the first Alexa conference that I went to where Brian Romilly was speaking. And my big thing that I kept coming back to, was like, he kept saying that we'll need to have these like really deep relationships with voice assistants in order for them to be more impactful. Um, so therefore they're gonna need a like a deeper level of contextual understanding about the user. But I feel like that's that runs counter to trust and security. So like I'm only gonna be able to and I'm only gonna be comfortable with sharing the sensitive information that would make my uh, voice assistant um, an even better assistant. Uh, if I if I trust all of that. So I, I totally agree with you that I think those are some really critical pieces like as this formative you know, period of time while this technology is being built. So I wanted to, uh, because you've done so many podcasts and you've brought on so many awesome guests, I thought that what would be kind of fun to do while you're on here is to go through some of the different episodes that you've done uh, and just go guest by guest and just have you share like, Either um, a key takeaway, something you learned from that person, or just something that you really enjoyed about that person in the conversation. Are you cool yeah, with that?
1: Of course. I would love to do that.
0: Okay. So I know that you shared today on, on LinkedIn or Twitter, I saw it somewhere, about the VaynerMedia people. And so I've had a chance to meet Claire Mitchell and uh, Patrick. So let's start with Patrick. I know that you've done an episode with him, Patrick Givens. Um, give me something from that episode.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I just want to say VaynerMedia, a lot of people got into voice because of Gary Vaynerchuk, myself mm-hmm. included, that's where I first heard about it. And there's so much hype about Gary, and he's an amazing person. But I think, you know, we really want to highlight that the people on his team are equally as amazing, and equally as passionate. Um, And Patrick, uh, really, he's excited about stuff on the go, hearables, a lot of the space that you're in specifically. Um, And he also kind of came from an artistic background. And I love that he is willing to kind of reach out and say, hey, if you guys have questions, like, let's collaborate. Let's interact. And so it's not just about, okay, we're VaynerMedia and we're going to do our own thing. It's like, we want to work with everybody. And so I love that he kind of mixes his artistic background, his ability to connect with others, and then his personal passion within voice about how it's going to be so much more on the go, how we're going to be using more hearables and what that's going to look like.
0: Awesome. Okay. Claire Mitchell.
1: Yeah. Claire also with VaynerMedia. Um, when I first met her, I thought one of the coolest things about her was that she is also a drummer. Um, So she too has this very creative background and she has a personal passion for really blending art and science. So music and film and effects and how does that work with voice? Um, And her recent podcast on Inside Voice really talked about um, the state of design, you know, where it is, where it's heading. Um, she mentioned, you know, being able to have something in your uh, voice device if the battery is low instead of saying it's low to have a sound. You know, how do mm. we kind of make it more effective in the design a little bit better?
0: Awesome. Very cool. Um, how about Alon? Alan uh, Guinness Murthy.
1: Yeah. So Alana is from India and he reached out to me and he is doing uh, actually just passed. He just did a developer event. He was just named an Alexa champion as well. Um, He is somebody who he's in tech, but he is just so excited about Amazon Alexa and what voice can do. And he is out there in India educating his community because he wants to. And I just want to say there's a lot of Alexa champions and Google developer experts. Um, You know, a lot of these people are not getting paid. They're doing it because they're passionate about it um, and they want to share and they want to educate. And I love that Amazon and Google is recognizing them that for that. Um, And so he's doing that. He is excited, not only within his own company that he works at, um, but he's hosting events and he's teaching other people. And I love that. Um, And for him to share what's going on in India on the show was great.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, Just as a quick like side note, I think it was uh, Bradley Metrock mentioned that his his podcast, like the second largest uh, audience that he has outside of the US is India. And so I've heard like a lot of anecdotal things where it sounds like voice in particular is really popular in India. So it's it's interesting to hear that. And I'll definitely have to go check yes. out that episode.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's huge in India and specifically with Amazon Alexa. I think, you know, I've personally learned there are certain countries that are more Google heavy and more mm-hmm. Amazon heavy, and that's just dependent on where the devices are. Um, and so, yeah, they, I mean, their country is using it. You know, I think, I think in a bigger consumer standpoint than America probably is at this point. So it, it was great to kind of hear his feedback as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of going off of that, um, you know, to your point, uh, the next person I have is Kane Sims. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because, uh, when I was at project voice here in January, I went to, um, it was like voice abroad. It was a panel and it was like Kane. Um, it was, uh, Eva Lubin, it was James Poulter and it was, uh, who was the other one? It was, um, I'm blanking on who the other person was, but Joran uh, oh, Vonk uh, from from Denmark, or I'm sorry, from uh, Holland. Yeah, and, all um, great people. And but it was really interesting to hear you say that because um, it I, I I wasn't quite aware of uh, you know certain functionality isn't available in some of these different countries, and some of the devices aren't even available. So there really are like pockets of um, countries where you know Google is the far and away the preferred device and then others where alexa is so anyway going back to kane sims what was your what were some of your takeaways with your chat from kane
1: yeah, I you know, somebody had asked me, you know, do you know anyone in voice that like knows about all the technology? And Kane <laughs> was the first person that came to mind. Um, you know, he is, first of all, I had seen him online. I love the bold yellow. i'm I'm a brand person, so I just love that he's so himself. <laughs> um, and when we connected, I mean his level of education and knowledge that he has across the board, on voice as a whole is tremendous. Um, I, I really think that he uh, just has a vast knowledge. You know, He's not focusing on just Amazon or just Google. I mean, he's talking about Samsung, he's talking about the potential for where Apple and Cortana are at, and even Facebook portal. I mean, so I think you know he is somebody who really gets it on a very broad scale um, and is looking at it as a whole. And so I think if you have questions about voice technology overall, he is definitely the person to go to.
0: Yeah. No, that uh, yellow is like the signature Kane Sims yes. <laughs> brand. He was wearing that. He was rocking it at Project Voice. So uh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, Micah Coppins.
1: Micah Coppins, um Coppins. has, first of all, an amazing amount of energy and zest for life. So when I interviewed her, I'd love that. And she was really talking about, um, her episode was about putting the U Um, in conversational design. And she really kind of brought to light to me, which I started using now, is that a lot of times when people do like uh, personas, you know, you're trying to say, well, who am I trying to reach? A lot of times people are putting in, you know, a white female age 35 and Mm -hmm. has two kids. And she's like, she just reminded me like, that's really not what's important. You know, it's really about what is it that person wants? What do they value? Um, it doesn't have to be so specific based on gender and age. There's just a lot more things that are important and really thinking about your user. Um, and when she said that to me, I was like, oh my gosh, my mind was blown because I was like, she's so right. It's something that I speak to now because I've seen it in my own life. i've I've attracted clients that um, all have the same values, but they're different ages and different backgrounds and different parts of life, but they all need and want the same thing. So she really talked about really thinking about your user. Um, not as just this kind of physical being, but, but what's really important to them and what do they value?
0: Very cool. Um, how about Joan Bajorek?
1: So Joan, uh, she is the creator of Women in Voice, and then, of course, she uh, is a linguist and does a lot of work for the company she works for. Um, She is just somebody who's not only knowledgeable in linguistics and conversational design, and I think sometimes it gets pushed aside because she leads Women in Voice. She Mm -hmm. really, I mean, that's her specialty. That's what she does. She started Women in Voice because she felt like, you know, where are the women here? How can we connect? Um, and it blew up within a year. And so I yeah. think, you know, this, that's just like an added bonus to what she does. And the community that she's built, I mean, I told her one of the coolest things for me at Voice Summit uh, this past July, the amount of women that came up to me were like, where is the women in voice table? Like, where is it? <laughs> really? Like, I want to find it. I mean, talk about branding. I mean, people were yeah. looking for her for the community. Um she was funny she's like you know people come up and hug me and she's like I don't even know who they are but they feel like they know her cuz they feel a sense of connection so not only is she great at this kind of back end side of the conversational the, the linguistics and what she does on an everyday basis but she's really wonderful about bringing the community together um not just women i know they've rebranded a little bit to really again include anyone that wants to be a mm-hmm. part of it um and so i think you know she's knowledgeable and she's a really caring person
0: Very cool. Um, how about Kiki?
1: So Kiki, um, she is in, she's retired and I found her because she was doing uh, some really cool things on Alexa, Amazon Alexa, when it first started And she retired and she had gotten an Alexa for her birthday. And she was like, "Hmm, like, I wonder if I could do a skill. And at the time, flash briefings were considered skills. Mm -hmm. And her whole thing was that she created this flash briefing called Black History Every Day. She -hmm. really hated that it was only the month of February, the shortest month of the year that was dedicated to Black History. Um, And that it was, you know, only the same kind of four people that were talked about. And she's like, you know, there's a lot more people in this arena that are doing great things. And so she decided every single day she would kind of put out this uh little note within in flash briefing to say, here's somebody you should know about. And what she learned was that, you know, black history is so much more. And people were like, well, I'm half Asian and half black. Like How do I identify? And so Mm -hmm. she kind of expanded her reach of like Black history is so much bigger than people realize. And her goal of really educating the world on it and making people feel like a connection, again, that just resonates with me as a person. So I love that. She didn't let age stop her. She didn't let the fact that she is not in technology stop her. She did something because it was important to her. Um, And she's built this community of fans and people excited. And she's been really trying to um, get it involved in more schools as well.
0: I think that's so cool. And like, just going off of the whole flash briefing thing, like I've said it before, but I think that it's such a tremendous opportunity uh, to, for anyone. And I love that you mentioned like, you know, as somebody that's like not a, a technology person or a computer person, um, the beauty of flash briefings, in my opinion, I, as somebody that has been doing it for a while, is that you basically get somebody's ear every single day if you choose to. And it, I think there's something that's really intimate about that where you do create like this strong connection, I think, between the listener and the host. And like, I get messages all the time from people like commenting on stuff and it's just a awesome way to really engage people. And I think people feel as if it's a really one-to-one medium and it's cool to hear like, so she's got this, um, you know, black history every day. And, you know, so it's just an endless feed of, all kinds of interesting things that relate to black history. And I think that what's cool about that is you can kind of imagine like so many different types of flash briefings in that same vein where it's, you know, it's educational, it's somebody that's running it, that's really passionate. Um, So I just think that there's just a huge ocean of opportunity uh, as it relates to that. So quick little tangent there. Okay. Okay. How about Brett Kinsella, the, the host of the Voicebot podcast and one of the most well-known people in the voice space? What, what, what did you learn from Brett? Uh,
1: you know, I think when anybody is referring, just like we talked about Kane Sims, I think when anybody is talking about stats or news, you know, it generally goes back to Brett Kinsella. I mean, right. every single person I'll talk to is be like, oh, well, on Voicebot it said this. And it's <laughs> now become like the standard yeah um which you know i 'm sure is a lot of pressure in some ways, but he has lived up to it, um and his team that supports him to put out that content again it 's coming from a place of That's his background. That's his knowledge. That's his excitement. He too loves podcasting, loves going deep dives into having conversations about technology. Um, And I think, you know, I I was so impressed with him, you know, the couple times I met him because similar to Joan, when I was at Voice Summit, people were like, oh, Brett, like getting very excited, you know, (laughs) like he's a celebrity. And I went up and introduced myself. And again, just so nice, so nice, so humble, um, so kind you know uh, and there was a lot going on you know that week and people coming up to him so I think not only is he putting out you know some of the best kind of statistics and and um, news content within voice that so many people are referring to um, but he really wants to connect he's really just very kind and humble and I appreciate that side of him as well
0: Awesome. All right. Last but not least, the winner of, uh, the 2019 favorite episode of the year and somebody from my world, the world of, uh, you know, hearing healthcare and audiology and hearing aids, Anna Pugh.
1: Yes, I love Anna and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this little tidbit of a story, but, um, I had seen her, uh, liking and following what we were doing on Voice Summit. And so I reached out to her and I said, hey, like I see you like what we're doing. Would you like to be on the show? And she was like, yes, I'd love to be on. And then we get on the call and she goes, I don't know if I can bring value to your audience. I'm not really in voice technology. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I said, oh my gosh, you absolutely bring value. First of all, you're a human being with an opinion. I said, second of all, you work within the audiology space. You are working with people who are hard of hearing, who um, have different issues. Like You are the perfect person to understand what's going on. And the value that she bought was not only incredible, but it was unique. It was different. And the amount Mm -hmm. of people that were like, oh my gosh, what an incredible guest. It's not the same five voices we're hearing. It's somebody else who has an opinion that's valid because she's been in this space for so long and the audiology space is part of voice so that's what i talk about when the voice community isn't just the ceo or the developer it's so much larger um and so she brought so much knowledge and i was just so excited for her to have her moment. And you doing this episode the way you are is getting me so jazzed and so excited (laughs) because my favorite thing is to really highlight what people are great at and amplify that message. And I think um, you know, she had that moment and and now you're seeing her potentially write a book and work with other people and talk to people like yourself. And that makes me personally really excited. So that was part of the reason she was my favorite episode um, of the show within that year so far.
0: That's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, I, this is uh, when we were talking prior to the call, I said, you know, I kind of came up with an idea where I want to highlight the catalog of interviews that a lot of these podcasters have done. Like you yourself, you've had so many awesome conversations and I can, I can imagine that a lot of other podcast hosts would feel the same way where you do the interview, you share it out that one time, and then it sort of sits out on the shelf. And it's like, how do we like, you know, reamplify some of these conversations that you've had, because I've listened to a lot of your podcast conversations and they are so good. And so it's always a matter of like, how do we, how do we get these things a little bit more of a shelf life? And so that's what I wanted to do today. I thought this was excellent. I'm really excited to check out the episodes that I had touched on here that I haven't listened to yet. So I'm personally going to go and listen to some of those. Um, But I think it's really, really cool what you're doing, Carrie. I think that It's extremely valuable, Um, and I love the fact that, you know, as somebody that has been in the voice space for a few years, um, I think there was an initial fear that there could be, you know, this could kind of go one of two ways. It could be, like, Kumbaya and continue to be a really collective, um, cohesive group that all shares in their knowledge, Um, or it could be something where, you know, it starts to become, you know, isolated and people aren't as willing to share their information. And, um, the knowledge sharing isn't, isn't quite what it was. And I'm really happy that that hasn't been the case, that if anything over these past few years, the group, the community just feels to be opening up to include more and more people. And that there's totally this like, um, knowledge sharing, um, real open, Uh, community vibe and I think that it's largely being spearheaded by people like you that are doing such a good job of bringing more and more people onto the stage to say like let's hear your story because I think that the more diverse that we can appreciate how many different types of walks of life are coming into this really exciting new phase of technology and this new new industry um, I think it's just for all the better.
1: Yeah, no, I thank you. And I I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, one of the reasons I love branding and marketing so much is that it doesn't matter what industry it is. Everybody does have a voice. Everybody does have something to say, and you may have a different opinion and that's okay. That's what makes it beautiful. And I think, you know, understanding that as this voice technology space grows, there's going to be more companies and more people speaking and to just really hold true to what, your point of view is and understand that everyone else can shine just as you can. And so I think I I too love the collaborative piece, understanding we all have value, we all have something to offer. And so does somebody else. And and I try to to share that on LinkedIn as well um, to showcase what everyone else is doing and where can we learn. And I think if we kind of take that attitude, you know, it'll be better not only for ourselves, but it will definitely grow the voice community as well.
0: Could not agree more with you. So, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on today, sharing your time with all of us. And thanks for everybody that tuned in today. We will chat with you the next time. Thank Cheers. you so much. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.